what will the future of abortion look like in America? It might look a lot like the past. Over 50 years later, I still don't know exactly what happened to me. I'm Susan Matthews, and on this season of Slow Burn, we're looking back at the years leading up to Roe v. Wade. It's always women who have the abortions, but it's always men who make the laws. Slow Burn Season 7, Roe v. Wade. Available now wherever you listen. I'm Kate Kelly. And I'm Jamia Wilson. And this is Ordinary Equality. This is something central to a woman's life, to her dignity. It's a decision that she must make for herself. From Kansas, Kentucky, and North Carolina, dedicated women marched. Abortion is fast becoming the new political fault line. Alabama's governor has signed the nation's strictest abortion ban into law. The Human Life Protection Act outlaws the procedure except when the mother's life is at risk. This bill is not about pro-life or the right to life. This bill is about control. We will not go back. And we, the people of the United States of America, documented or undocumented, are having abortions, legal or not. This court will never stop us. As soon as the Dobbs draft opinion was leaked, we started seeing all these maps of the country. Maps that color in states with trigger laws. States that are prepared to severely restrict or ban abortion post-Roe. There are a few spots on the map where states without trigger laws stand out, like islands in a sea of red. And we knew as soon as the decision came out, these islands were going to be some of the last standing in their regions of the country. Today, we want to take a closer look at what we thought was a surprising island in a vast expanse of the West, Montana. Montana has six abortion clinics, four Planned Parenthoods, and two independent clinics. And I wanted to speak with someone who is doing the work there to try to understand how Montana became this abortion access island and why. So I spoke with Steph Palacio, a healthcare assistant and patient care coordinator at All Families Healthcare Clinic in Whitefish, Montana. It's a ski town about two and a half hours north of Missoula. So Montana, as of late, is kind of one of those blood red states that every time you watch the electoral map, you know it's turning red. No surprise about that. Where we are located is called Flathead County. There was just a report that came out a few weeks ago that said that it is the most conservative place in all of Montana. And so within a really red state, we are in a very, very conservative place. But Whitefish is actually known to be the liberal town. And so we have a lot of support within our community. Steph was born in Colombia and immigrated to the United States when she was two years old. She grew up in New York and attended Barnard College. Two months ago, she packed her bags and moved to Montana to work at this abortion clinic. In November, a friend of mine told me that their friend was leaving this job. She said, you know, this is the perfect job for you. It is at a clinic that really focuses on birth control and abortions. And it's kind of in a pretty underserved community when it comes to women's health care. 
While she hasn't been there long, Steph is planning to stay. This is a part of the country that's going to be really widely affected by the overturn of Roe v. Wade. Every state that borders Montana has a trigger law in place. And so what drew me to this work is the fact that we have places like this in the U.S. and all over the world as well, that women are being forced into pregnancy and forced into having children that they cannot support, that they do not want. And I can do this. I know I can. I want to do this. And I feel like when I took this job, a lot of people asked me, oh, how are you feeling? Like, are you going to be okay? This is a really kind of emotionally weighted job. But for me, the emotional weight I feel is I am helping this person. This person wants this right now. And so if there are people out there who can take that weight and want to do this work, I think we should do all that we can to continue it. All Families Healthcare Clinic is housed in a refurbished railroad house. The staff consists of one abortion provider, Helen Weems, and two patient care coordinators, including Steph. The clinic has faced real danger. Before All Families Healthcare opened in Whitefish, it was located in nearby Kalispell. You have reached All Families Healthcare. Our business is uh, no, no longer exists to due to being destroyed by a hate crime. Sadly, on March 4th, 2014, the clinic was brutally vandalized. The clinic's proprietor, Susan Cahill, was shaken. In 1994, another clinic she worked at was firebombed. So understandably, Susan went into early retirement. As much as you want to provide abortion and be there for people, there's also a concern of your own safety and of your own health. In addition to physical violence, Susan has also been subjected to legal challenges while just trying to do her work. When the clinic's current abortion provider, Helen Weems, heard what had happened to the clinic, she was inspired to take action. She was living in Seattle at the time and decided to move and reopen the clinic in Whitefish to ensure people in the area could still gain access to the care they need. She moved out here in 2016 reopen the clinic with that in mind, knowing there are people out here who have shown no limits to what they will do to prevent abortion access. Thinking back to the maps we were talking about earlier, abortion access in Montana feels more important than ever. So I've been to Montana. Uh, I know it isn't exactly known for being a liberal state. Why isn't Montana one of those colored in states on the map with trigger laws and abortion bans on the books? Basically, what's protecting abortion in Montana right now is the constitutional right in Montana's constitution to the right to privacy. And it's very important here. This is all thanks to a 1999 court case, Armstrong versus State. The Montana Supreme Court said we have a strong constitution with our right to privacy, and that includes the right to your own health, the right to your health decisions. It's under all medical choices. Armstrong versus State challenged a previous court decision, which prevented people who are not physicians, like nurses and midwives, from performing abortions, even if they are qualified. Armstrong's reasoning was that the previous decision prevented people from obtaining health care from the provider of their choosing, and that violated the state's constitution. So no, Montana is not secretly a super progressive state in a very red middle of the country. Actually, its protection of abortion comes from what some would say is, or at least used to be, a core Republican value, privacy. 
the ability to make one's own decisions. I've always felt the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here so, to help. I agree. This is all about freedom. This is more government overreach. House Speaker Jay uh, Lucas says he believes the president's order goes against every notion of privacy. Oh, privacy. I've been thinking a lot about that. You know, hearing about these SCOTUS judges who have decided that we don't get to have privacy in a number of fronts, but sure do believe in privacy for picketing and protesting at their homes and just thinking about that as this also relates to our conversation about personal freedoms is really fascinating to me. Personal freedoms for who is really the question I want to ask uh, a lot of the people who say, oh, all of what I'm doing is about liberty. It has nothing to do about control or power or abuse of power. And then when we see that, we think, oh, they understand privacy, but it's privacy for some and not all, and um, definitely not women, not people of color, not trans people. It's interesting because we're talking about the weaknesses of privacy, and it can be so precarious. Just because Montanans have asserted the value of privacy in the past doesn't mean that's going to hold in the future. If anything, we've learned that anti-choice conservatives are playing the long game, and that's clear in Montana, too. Today, we're taking action to protect the most vulnerable amongst us, the unborn. We are celebrating life. That was Montana's governor, Greg Gianforte. Over the past two years, the Montana legislature has passed four bills limiting abortion access. These four bills that Governor Gianforte signed restricted telehealth, shortened the availability for legal abortion up to 20 weeks, and required unnecessary steps like an ultrasound and in-person visits. Montana represents an example of what's been happening in states across the country, which is chipping away, chipping away, chipping away at access until it exists essentially in name only. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. I know it's been an emotional time. Many are justifiably furious, sad, and disheartened. But of course, that doesn't mean we can stop fighting. So I want to take a minute to tell you about how you can get involved in supporting abortion access, no matter where you live. Our sponsor, Act Blue, has tools to help you support reproductive justice groups or abortion funds at every level, whether it's local or national. If you go to actblue.com directory, you can easily find local, state, and national groups to donate to, or even create your own fundraising forms. These forms are quick and simple to set up. And most importantly, they're designed to be shared with your personal networks, making it easy for you to send donation asks directly to people and groups in your own community. So take action now and head to actblue.com backslash directory to start making an impact on abortion today. So right now, abortion is legal in Montana. And Steph Palacio and her clinic in Whitefish have to adjust to meet the demands of a post-Roe reality. Whitefish is a small town. It's difficult to get to. 
Steph says out-of-state folks will probably head to places with more direct flights, like Missoula. It's very expensive to arrive to Whitefish um, if you're flying or even driving because it's like an hour and a half from Canada. And so that's another limitation that people, even though we have the availability and we have appointments available for people to come and get an abortion within the week, people from Idaho, Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota, and other states would probably be going to those bigger cities, and we expect to get the overflow from those cities. With that being said, though, we do have an appointment today for someone who's flying in from Texas, and we do expect to be seeing a bit more of that. We also put a big emphasis on keeping our schedule very open for last-minute abortions because we want to be able to say, you know, someone's saying, I need an abortion tomorrow, I just found out, I'm really scared, and I'm coming from Idaho. We want to be able to say, yep, we have an opening, and we usually do. So that's really important for us. People seeking abortions have been traveling out of state long before the Dobbs decision. Nearly 8% of all abortions performed nationally in 2017 involved patients crossing state lines. Before the Dobbs decision, 716,000 women of reproductive age in America lived more than 200 miles from the nearest abortion clinic. Now that trigger bans are going into effect, that number is skyrocketing to 9 million. Something that's worth noting is that when abortion care is restricted, that impacts other health care too. For large areas of the country, there are no options when it comes to gynecological care. For providers like Helen, that means she may be folks' only choice when it comes to abortion access and also more standard checkups. She has to decide how to prioritize certain kinds of appointments over others. She's not really taking on new patients who maybe just need an OB for their year. She's doing really focused stuff on birth control, on trans care, and on abortion care. It's understandable that they're going to have less time to see patients seeking more general care. But that also really sucks, especially because these new laws in restricting states may also lead to fewer people becoming OBGYNs, creating an even bigger shortage of care in the future. And even with the extra space Steph and her team at All Families is saving in their schedule, there's still barriers to accessing abortion care, which is why the clinic staff is also really focused on providing more options. We just put up a new resource on our website at All Families Healthcare where we talk about self-managed abortion. And so if people can't get to us, they can't get to another clinic, they have a lot of resources there to know where to get the pill online, how to take it, how to be safe, who to talk to for support, legal support, any of that. Because we know that this is not just something that is affecting Montana, it's affecting everywhere. And people always can't travel. They can't always get to a clinic. And so we want to make sure that they have every resource possible. We have ways to move forward and to continue abortion access because it doesn't matter if it's legal or not, it's happening. People need abortions. Abortion is a human right. And so knowing that there are a lot of other options that are not just going into a clinic is something that everyone needs to know whether or not you can have an abortion. That's exactly why my number one top goal at the moment is to spread information about medication abortion and its availability no matter where you live. Here's the deal. You can get pills to terminate a pregnancy, mifepristone and misoprostol, no matter where you live in the United States and no matter what the laws are in your state. 
There's a group called Aid Access, and they provide prescription abortion medication, and they will send it to you no matter where you live. Their doctors are based in Europe, so they can't be prosecuted for prescribing the medicine, and they're sending it from pharmacies abroad. These pills are very safe and can be used up to 10 to 12 weeks of pregnancy. I think a lot of people don't know about abortion pills and think that they have to do something drastic or dangerous in order to terminate a pregnancy, and that's just not true. You can take these pills in the privacy of your own home. They are FDA approved. Merrick Garland already said they're FDA approved and states can't ban FDA approved medication. But even if they do, you can still safely and discreetly get medication abortion in the mail. If you can get a letter, you can get an abortion anywhere in America. As of 2021, Planned Parenthoods in Montana reported that 78% of the abortions they provide are done by medication. But now with changing laws, there's confusion about the legality of treating people traveling from restricting states. Even in states like Montana, where abortion is currently protected and most abortions are done by medication, the fall of Roe is already having an impact. On June 30th, Montana Planned Parenthood president and CEO Martha Fuller announced in an internal email that their clinics will no longer schedule patients for medication abortions if they're from states that have banned abortions. <sighs> that is very frustrating to hear and proves that the intent of all these laws, which is to scare us and to keep us from sharing information and keep people from providing care that is legal <laughs> in Montana, to me, even signals more that we need to help people understand that you can get medication abortion, whether legal or not. If the Planned Parenthood won't give it to you, you can take it on your own. You can take it in consultation with a physician who doesn't live in the United States. And it is very safe. It's, it's safer than Tylenol. It's safer than a lot of drugs that are available over the counter in the US. But this is very disappointing because it's helping further the culture of fear and it's playing right into their handbook. If we scare everyone into not providing abortions, even medication abortions, like a medication abortion is literally a doctor in a clinic handing you a pill. <laughs> That's it. There's nothing else. The doctor does not do anything else. They hand you a pill, you swallow it. That's it. You go home and you take the follow-up medication. You know, the pregnancy terminates at home. That's always how it always has been. So what she's saying is we won't hand people pills in our clinic if they're from other states. And that's devastating because that's how they win. They don't even have to make it illegal in Montana if they won't provide the, the care because they're afraid. And that intimidation, the domination, control, subjugation, that should be at the top of our conversations when we talk about what this really is. Because when we hear the misinformed people who are saying, well, this is just bringing things back to the states. It has nothing to do with limiting people access. You know, that kind of rhetoric is dangerous. And a big part of it is because it 
promotes complacency. It promotes a sense that, oh, we're at normal. We're just maintaining the status quo. You are being reactive. I think it's just really important that we help get the information that we have to people who need it and that all of us can play a part in doing that. Absolutely. We need to take action in states that still have abortion access, and we can't take those places for granted because those fighting against abortion are not finished. They're playing a much longer game. We need to fight in every way possible to try to protect our rights in every state. And we also need to arm ourselves with the knowledge of how to ensure safe, self-managed abortion. We can't rely on islands continuing to exist. And Montana is a perfect example. Fear is a powerful weapon, and we're seeing its efficacy in real time. Next week on Ordinary Equality. When the federal government decides to take that right away from a woman, it takes away our sovereignty as a nation, our sovereignty as as indigenous people. The stolen land um, in this country also took women away from, you know, medicines that we need for our reproductive health. Ordinary Equality is a Wonder Media Network production. This episode was produced by Grace Lynch and Sarah Schleed. Our editor is Lindsay Crowderwill. Our executive producer is Jenny Kaplan. Big thanks to our sponsor, Act Blue.